This is Fred Allen in New York. I know you've all been waiting for the winners of the I Can't Stand Jack Benny contest, so here they are. The first prize... Wake up, Mr. Benny. This isn't a dream now. The first prize, $2,500 in victory bonds, goes to Mr. Carol P. Craig, Sr., 735 Radcliffe Avenue, Pacific uh, Palisades, California. The second prize, $1,500 in victory bonds, goes to Mr. Charles S. Doherty. Look, it's one of his contest letters. Oh, you mean the I Can't Stand Jack Benny contest? Yes, and there's a little notation on it that says... This letter was written by Carol P. Craig, Sr., and won first prize. First prize? Oh, Ronnie, I wondered what the winning letter was right. Read it, please. All right. It says, I can't stand Jack Benny because he fills the air with boasts and brags and obsolete, obnoxious gags. The way he plays his violin is music's most obnoxious sin. His cowardice alone, indeed, is matched by his obnoxious greed. And all the things that he portrays show up my own obnoxious ways. Now, you know, Benita, that's very clever. Yes, it has such a good thought behind it. Yes. And all the things that he portrays show up my own obnoxious way. You know, Benita, maybe the fellow that wrote this letter is right. The things that we find fault with in others are the same things that we tolerate in ourselves. That's so true, Ronnie. It certainly is. I got to tell you a marvelous radio story. For years and years, we always listened to Jack Benny. Who didn't? Really the greatest, I think, single performer on radio that ever was. I mean, just absolutely brilliant. He could take Ten minutes of dead air and make you fall on your face laughing. And if you remember, Ronald Coleman was always the next door neighbor of the Bennies. Mm-hmm. And the Bennies, who were so chintzy and cheap and, you know, never had enough of anything, were always going over to the Colemans to borrow a cup of sugar or peg or something. So, anyway, lap dissolve a few years. This shows you how much in love with radio I was. I did a film with Ronald Coleman, and he and his wife asked my wife and myself over to dinner. And we knew where Jack Benny lived. We'd always known where Jack Benny lived. one of the sort of landmarks of Hollywood. So we got in the car, all dressed up, went down, went next door to Jack Benny. Went up to the front door next door to Jack Benny, rang the bell and said, Mr. and Mrs. Coleman are expecting us because they didn't live there at all. <laughs> Not at all. Nor did we know where the hell they lived. We finally had to call the Screen Actors Guild. On our stage, we have a Hoffman pressing machine. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. An expert operating the Hoffman pressing machine will press your trousers. Now, wait Instead of a big, ugly glass picture tube, you saw the performers in your own mind. You painted your own big-as-life version of each moment with that loving, creative brush, Imagination. Welcome to Breaking Walls, episode 134. My name is James Scully. Tonight we spend our holidays with one of the most beloved figures of the 20th century, Jack Benny. If this is your first time listening to Breaking Walls, welcome to the show. You can find this series on every podcasting platform, 
and at thewallbreakers.com. Tonight's opening theme song is the beautiful John Williams rendition of Somewhere in My Memory. It's a fitting epitaph for the golden age of radio at the holidays. Join the Breaking Walls Facebook group to keep in touch with news, snippets, photos, and other additions to the podcast at facebook.com slash groups slash the wallbreakers. And Burning Gotham, the new audio drama set in 1835 New York City, is out now. Go to burninggotham.com for more information. You can also support these shows for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash the wallbreakers. In this special closed-circuit broadcast to the managers and staffs of all CBS stations, Mr. Paley has asked that he might be the first to speak to you. Gentlemen, Mr. Paley. I have asked to speak first so that I might have the pleasure of introducing Jack Benny. In a few moments, we'll pick up Jack Benny and Amos and Andy, too, speaking in Hollywood. But before we do that, I want to take the opportunity to say something else. It is in many ways, I think, the most significant thing I could say here, and that CBS, in fact, can say to the world. It is not about the developments of the past few weeks which have happily resulted in bringing Benny to CBS so soon after Amos and Andy. We all can see what this means to our Sunday night schedule and to our competitive strength and prestige as a network. But I'm thinking of something more important. It's the network Jack Benny is coming to. The network we are today. CBS is now the leader. Today, not tomorrow. That is what I take deepest pride in as I talk to you. In the fact that CBS today, all of you, already have the largest audiences in all radio, day and night. The largest individual audiences, the largest average audiences. This is an achievement of which you can be particularly proud. On December 23, 1948, CBS chairman William Paley and CEO Frank Stanton broadcast a special closed-circuit press conference to their affiliates and staff. I think that it couldn't have happened as it has in just this past year without the accomplishments of the CBS package program operation. The move was to announce that Jack Benny was switching his program from NBC to CBS. The change would begin with the first broadcast of the new year. We developed our own, our Godfrey are my friend Irma, our suspense. When Paley signed Jack Benny in November, he'd convinced sponsor American Tobacco to make the jump to CBS by agreeing to pay the cigarette giant $3,000 per week for every ratings point lost after the migration. past year increased 14% on the whole, while NBC's program ratings dropped 7% in the same period. The move signaled that Paley was intent on not just equaling Benny's audience on NBC, but growing it. We intend to keep for you.
In December of 1948, Benny's last month on NBC, his program rating was 25.8. His first episode rating for CBS, 28.3. It was the most listened to show in the U.S. Jack had a basic philosophy, if I may divert here for a moment, that Certainly. as I analyze it, it was obvious that this was his philosophy. The bigger he could make the supporting people that worked with him on the show, the bigger it made the Jack Benny show, and the bigger it made Jack Benny. Now, this is a leaf that I don't think any other comedian ever took out of Jack's book, and it was so sound and successful that I'm surprised somebody else didn't pick it up, too. But that was Jack. That was the generosity and the thoughtfulness and the great showmanship that was reflected in Jack's operation in all the years he was on the air. While you were talking to Rochester, a gentleman dropped in to see you. He's from Washington. Oh, from Washington? Hmm? Yes, my name is Vernon Clark, and I'm from the United States Treasury Department. The, uh, Treasury Department? Jack, get up off your knees. He's here to give you something. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, I'm happy. I mean, what is it, Mr. Clark? Huh? Well, Jack, I'm here to thank you on behalf of the Treasury Department for the motion picture short you made to spur on the Opportunity Drive. Well, thank you very much. And I think the title of this picture, The Spirit of 49, is very appropriate. And when it is released in all the theaters in the country, I'm sure it'll be very successful in stimulating the sale of savings bonds. Well, I hope so, too. And by the way, Mr. Clark, I can appreciate the responsibility you have in the Treasury Department because uh, I happen to be the treasurer of the Beverly Hills Beavers Club. <laughs> That's fine, Jack, because I'm going to present you with something that you can keep in your Beavers Clubhouse. And what's that, Mr. Clark? Well, it's a citation and a Sidney Williams replica of the covered wagon, which is symbolic of the spirit of 49 and is a symbol of this year's Opportunity Drive. Thank you very much, Mr. Clark. It's a great honor to receive. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, starting next week at the same time, our summer replacement will be a great Lucky Strike program called Your Hit Parade on Parade. Be sure to listen in as I'll be playing second violin. <laughs> On today's broadcast, you met nearly everyone associated with my program. But before we leave the air, I'd like, like to also thank my two sound men, Jim Murphy and Gene Twombly, my engineer, George Foster, my CBS contact man, Lucian Davis, to Bert Scott. Oh, Jack, and Jack, Hillard... uh, you better speed it up. We're running late. Oh, yes, that's my producer. I was just going to introduce him, Hillard well, Mark. Thank you for mentioning it, Jack, but you'll still have to pay me. I know, I know. And now my entire cast joins me in wishing each and every one of you a very pleasant summer. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Treasury Department is conducting an intensified drive, the Opportunity Drive, to sell more United States savings bonds. Benny ended his 48-49 season in May on a high note. His combined rating for his last three months on NBC was 22.7. His combined rating for his first three months on CBS was 25.8. And be sure to hear the new Lucky Strike summer replacement, your hit parade on parade, starting next Sunday in the Jack Benny time slot. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>